Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Adoption Adventures. Thank you as always for tuning in and having a listen and joining us on our adventure, our journey. Um, so, <laughs> I'll be honest, I, um, I was drawing a bit of a blank on what to talk about on this episode because nothing... Nothing, nothing major or significant is happening in the Adoption Adventures sort of household over the last few days. Um, and there wasn't any sort of big topics that I was thinking about. And um, in addition to that, I sort of, I'm part of a couple of I'm members of a couple of support groups on um, Facebook and Instagram. And I was checking those out to see if there were any sort of bigger topics, there weren't any that were jumping out of me that were sort of reoccurring um, topics to, to discuss. So I was almost, I was almost going to record an episode of, hey, sorry guys, <laughs> there's nothing to talk about. So instead, let's just talk about my hobbies. Um, but I've put out on my um, Instagram status in any subject that people would like me to talk about. Um, fortunately, I have had some responses. Um, I'm just going to pick the first response that come in, um, and then it's, it's given me a bit of a back catalogue of other topics to cover as well, which is always positive. The, the, sort of, the subject, the question that um, has come in is talking about boundaries. Um, this listener is in the first week of their introductions, whoop, whoop. Um, and just finding that there are some little challenges or some bigger challenges in sort of those early days, um, and just trying to think about how to introduce boundaries, rules, and things like that, and when, and, and big topics. Um, now... As always, I'm going to prefix this episode. I'm hoping that that means I'm going to say something before to, <laughs> to make sense of the episode. Um, I am not a parenting guru. I don't have all of the answers and I am not always right. I can only give you my views, my opinions and our experiences. Um, and hopefully... They'll act as a nice guide for yourselves. Um, it might even be that they act as a real great guide of things not to do. And I'm okay with that as well. Um, so for ourselves, um, when we started to meet Little Dude, on day one of meeting him, uh, now bear in mind, we'd, I've told you before, we'd been told before we met him that he had a food issue and would have a food issue for the rest of his life. Um, so we, we had that in our minds. Day one of meeting him, uh, we bring some donuts with us because we were told he absolutely loved them and we wanted him to love us. So we bring some donuts. I'm sure I've talked about this before, but just to sort of recap, um, bring some donuts and then we're about halfway through through that day um, or that sort of first first day of introductions and Lisa foster carer I'll go grab those donuts she went grabbed 
Little Dude's um, donut and then went back to the kitchen and grabbed mine and Dad's. Now, the, the kitchen was not, was not a million miles away from the lounge. Um, you know, we're probably talking, I don't know, 20 foot, not even 20 foot. No, not even 10, 20 foot. But it was a close, it was a close distance. Um, and Lisa didn't, didn't dawdle. <laughs> she went, grabbed, um, grabbed the other two. And by the time she came back, little dude had managed to shove all of his donut into his mouth. The whole thing. And he was, he looked like a full-on hamster. Now, at this point, obviously, this kind of, um, I'm going to use the word shocked us. Um, it, it shocked us in the sense of, wow, okay, this is this is what was meant when sort of, when we were told that there's a food issue. This, this is kind of what it actually looks like. Um, and... Dad was like, "Oh, crikey, that's um, that's a lot in there. You need to be careful." Um, and then little dude finished what was in his mouth, and he leaned over and took a took a bite out of Dad's donut. And Dad was very, very gentle because again, little dude was a complete stranger at this point, and, and we're like, right, "Okay, what do we do here?" And Dad was like, "Oh, oh, mate, that's." That's, that's not cool. That's not what we do. Um, let's not do that again. And that was that was it. And, and little dude, he knew that he had been cheeky. He knew that he'd sort of taken advantage of the situation. Um, he didn't then show off. He didn't sort of like um, throw a paddy for being told off. Um, he, he took it on the chin. He, he, he did quite well with that. Um, but that was the first indication that, you know, if you, if you give this young man an inch, he's going to take seven miles. Um, so you've got to be, you've got to be on the case. And Dan and I used that as, as a tool to sort of have that conversation. And we were like, right, you know, this is all. Good, we're getting to know him and we want him to, to really like us and, and to sort of feel safe with us. Part of feeling safe is knowing that there are rules, there are boundaries, there are routines, there are structures in place. And as, as horrible as it feels to sort of start introducing those things, actually desperately what our children need but I always talk about this and I always talk about how it's not just what our children need it's what all of us need if you think of any sort of any environment that you've ever been in um, think of a training session that you've attended nine times out of ten or well a hundred percent of the good training sessions that you've attended would have started 
with an agenda and some ground rules. I, I, can, I can guarantee that. Um, there would have been other factors that made that training good, but that would have been one of them. Okay. Why did it make a difference? Because it demonstrated that people that were in charge of that session were actually in control. They knew what they were doing. You had some rules, you had some boundaries, and that made you feel safe. It made you feel happy. Um, same goes for kids. I think it's even it's amplified for our kids. They need to know that we are going to put those rules in place and we're going to put boundaries in place because that's a very quick, surefire way of letting them know that we care and that we want to keep them safe. Um, and if we introduce those rules and put them in place, it kind of lays the groundwork as well. It lets hello shut up. Hello, yep. Um, it it lets it lets our kids know sort of the standards that we're going to be operating under. Um, and that makes that makes a big difference in itself. Because our kids are then able to go, right, okay, well I know I know that this isn't ever going to be allowed. This isn't going to be tolerated. Um, even, even when these guys are trying to really, really win favour with me, this is, this is just not the winner. Um, so, Dad and I agreed that we would, we would start introducing rules and we would let little dude know where we were at with the rules of our home. Um, we weren't going to let any sort of confusion set in. So we agreed that if something like that happened again, we would, we would pull him on it. Now, we wouldn't go mad because we still wanted him to like us. <laughs> But we would just make it clear that these these behaviours just aren't aren't what we do. Okay. Um. Um. I remember. I think it was. Well, let's just say five, six, or seven days into the introductions. Um. We we were having dinner. Um, and little dude asked if he could sit on my lap to eat. Sure, that's absolutely fine. You know, it's not it's not what we'd normally do, but we understood that there was more at play there, and that was fine, and we was all, all having a good time. And um, as we were eating, um, little dude, again, it was, I think he rushed his food, or he tried to snatch something, um, something occurred. Um, I thought, oh, little dude, let's um, let's let's not do that. Okay, we're at, we're at the dinner table, and, and you know we we need to have some some good rules. And then 
whatever it was that he did, he did again. Um, and Lisa sort of supported and sort of reiterated, you know, this isn't what we do and, you know, that's not okay. As this happened, Little Dude then had a big reaction. Um, and I think he may have raised his voice or something. And I said, I said no, this isn't, this isn't okay. And we're not going to tolerate this. Pack it in right now. And he didn't. He lost his temper completely. So at which point I turned to Lisa and said, right, Lisa, what's your process? What would you do right now? Um, she was like, it's, it's time out. That's, that's what would normally happen next. And little dude slammed his hands on the table and he was like, no. <laughs> um, so at that point, I had to pick him up and carry him to the timeout spot. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> as I stood up and as I was going from the dining room into the lounge, I then hit my head on the door, <laughs> right on the crown. It really hurt. I can still feel the pain now. Um, and I was like, it, it almost made me even more determined to make sure I got this right. Because I'm like, I'm not, not going to sustain a head injury and not win this battle. Um, so, so I then sort of took him, um, took him to time out. Um, I was like, right, you're going to stay there. And as we did, um, he, as I, as I sort of walked away, Lisa sort of said to me, oh, he, he will try and get out of, um, he'll try and get out of the timeout spot. He will sort of walk away like get up <laughs> um i was like okay well, what do you what do you do um i think i think at that point she was like i reset the counter or um i can't remember what the response was but whatever it was again we put the exact same thing in place um now, that felt horrible to do because I was working really hard to to get this little little person to to love us. So to tell him off felt dreadful, absolutely dreadful. But what we were actually doing. Like I say, you know, just reiterating the point and all of that. But we were imitating life with his foster family. So we were putting him in a situation where he could look and go, they're, they're presenting as a united front. They're, they're agreeing to the same sort of approach to this. And it's similar. And... 
so many things are changing right now. At least, at least this one isn't. Um, and that was that was really important for us. It was really important, and I'm really pleased we went through that like difficult, challenging sort of day and moment because it gave us the the opportunity to see what what it was like when it got rubbish. It gave us the chance to see what Lisa would have done. It gave us the opportunity to do it in front of Lisa and have her support if it went wrong because I was very concerned it would go wrong. Um, and that kind of, that set a tone. Um, then, I think, I think it took a while before the next sort of challenges and battles were, were had. Um, but Dad and I agreed at that point, or sort of in those introductions, and, and we spoke to Little Dude about this, and I've spoken to yourselves about this. We made a point of saying, that little dude had many, many difficult um, and challenging experiences, many of which would allow him to play a victim card and say, yeah, do you know what, pretty, pretty rubbish start, you know, surely I should be allowed to get away with a few extra things. And Dad and I agreed that whilst... Whilst he could say those things, actually, we weren't going to let him say those things. And we explained to him that, sorry, I was just trying to open a box and I realised just how noisy it was. Um, we explained to him that, yeah, do you know what? In your life, you have been a victim. In, in your life, you've had some really difficult moments, but you're not anymore. You're a survivor and we're going to treat you like a survivor. And that is what's going to happen. So whenever someone would say to us, oh, you're being really, really strict with him, we would say, absolutely not. Not, not at all. We need to give him clear rules, clear boundaries, so as he is under no doubt about what our expectations are. And we told him this, and explained those things to him. And he responded really positively. He responded very positively to knowing that we would enforce our rules. And then we started to introduce our own sort of rules, boundaries, um, things that we wouldn't accept. Um, one thing for me uh, that I really struggled with um, was at bedtime, little dude would have a glass of milk before bed um, and then he'd go to bed and Lisa would tell us that he'd go to bed and then within half an hour he'd be up again and he'd have some reason or some excuse as to why he was getting up again. This was my 
mountain I was prepared to die on. Because for me, I think, I think this came down to a couple of things. One, when I was growing up, once you went to bed, that was it, you was in bed. So that was the rule. So that was kind of like intrinsically into my system. That is the rule. That's what you do. Um, so I really struggled with anything outside of that. Um, then the other factor for me there was I needed to switch off. And once little dude had gone down to bed, I needed to then go, right, he's now asleep, he is now fine, I can now wind down and I can go back to being, I can just have a bit of a breather and be me and reflect on the day and all of that. Um, so that was, that was something that was really stressing me out because as soon as you put it down, I'd be waiting for the next 30 minutes and I'd be on edge waiting for him to get up again. And I was finding myself getting more and more frustrated and annoyed and just just kind of sitting back just just go to bed. It's just that simple, just go to bed. Um so I then started sort of talking to him, letting him know that there was gonna be a problem, um, and I wasn't accepting it and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I let him know, hey, you know, once you've gone to bed, my expectation is you're going to stay in bed, but you need to know we're always here, so if you feel scared or anything like that, you need to know that we're not going anywhere. Um, if you need something that we can do to check in to make sure that you know that we're here, we can do that. Loads of different sort of conversations, and obviously he barely knows us, whereas we're a stranger to him at this point. So... It's really hard for him to hear what I'm saying, but we're still trying to sort of put those rules in place. Um, and then it didn't improve. Um, it just got, it just got worse. Um, I think it got to the point where he was getting up like twice. I was like, no, I just can't do this. Um, now, Dad, he was like, no, look, just give him a bit of a breather because... This is a really difficult part of his transition. Like, give him a breather. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, so I then sort of explained to him that I was, I was going to wait outside his um, room and I would make sure that I was there and that if he didn't feel... Like, if he was concerned that we weren't there, he could just say something, and I'd respond. He chose not to say anything. He chose to get out of bed. <laughs> and I then sort of said, no, the rule is I'm going to stay here for a while and make sure you feel safe. You're allowed to call out to check that I'm there, but you can't get out of bed. Um, <laughs> I then remember I stood by the door. So the next day, as he opened the door, 
I was kind of there, essentially in his face, which must have been really scary for him, in fairness. Um, we opened the door and I said, I'm here, get to bed. Um, and we did this, I think, two more nights and the exact same sort of thing happened. And hey, it was brand new for us. So I'm, I'm almost certain what I was doing or the way that I was doing it wasn't right. Um, but I sort of said to him, no, that's it now, not accepting this. And it did take a couple of nights, but in the end, he got the message. Um, and he's been very, very good about that ever since. Um, now, like I say, it's that was my weird thing. That was my weird mountain that I was prepared to die on, or hill that I was prepared to die on. Um, You'll have other things. You'll have other things that bother you and other things that frustrate you. Um, but I, I think I said to myself, well, if it's frustrating me now, it'll frustrate me for the next six months. Why am I going to wait six months until he feels settled and then start changing rules on him? I might as well let him know now that I'm never going to be okay with this rule. Um, and... And I think that was kind of my thought process of there's no point in giving him a full solution that there's going to be these other rules that I'll just ignore. Now, there are certain things that you go, yeah, do you know what? That's not that's not for me, but I can put up with that for X amount of time. But if there's other things that you know are going to bother you and you know that you are never going to tolerate or accept, then it's better that you start that relationship on honesty and you just let our children know where they stand um, and explain that to them explain why you feel this way and then and I, I think that's irrelevant of age I think if we're just talking to our kids at whatever level we can and saying why we don't want something to happen we're bringing them into the loop we're bringing them into the fold so as they at least understand that there is a reason for what we're doing the older the child the more likely we are to be able to get into a proper conversation and a back and forth about why they need to do it and blah, blah, blah. our kids won't know the answer as to why um despite how many times we ask um but if we if we continuously avoid boundaries, rules, anything like that, if we continuously ignore them, all that we're doing is making a road for our own back and making life a lot harder for ourselves. Um, with my business, adults with um, learning difficulties, and I'm currently supporting a young person who has had a um, traumatised start in life, and as a result, any time any adult has ever told this person no, they now can't cope and say that they're scared and try to avoid them. Um, so what, what the college have done is stopped saying no. I don't mind telling you, I don't think that that's a, uh, a sensible approach to the problem. Because... 
when will this person ever learn that the word no doesn't have to be a scary thing? Um, and this person is now sort of like living a, a, a sort of an unruly life and everyone is too scared to actually pull any law and order. Well, sooner or later, someone's going to put those rules in place. Um, so I think it's really, really crucial that we put those things in place as early on as possible so that everyone knows where they stand, what the rules are. Um, now, there are certain things, like I say, you've just got to just chill out about because it's not that big a deal. Um, and certainly within your introductions, you're, you're going to want that to run as smoothly as possible and you're going to want to have as much fun as possible. But like I say, if there's something there and it's bothering you and you're feeling uncomfortable and you actually want to start sort of putting some rules in place, talk to the foster carers, let them know, you know, where you're at, see if it's something that they would accept. If it's something that they wouldn't accept, ask them how they would manage that and what would they do about that so as you can then sort of replicate the experience that the child or children are already getting. Um, that would be my sort of approach to the situation. Um, yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of up to you on uh, on what you think of that, really. Um, it, for the most part, we're going to be an exact science, but for the most part, it worked well within our um, within our environment. And I'm pleased that we put the rules in place that we did. And I'm pleased about the way that we did it. Um, as always, you know, like people say, pick your battles and make sure that you're picking the right ones and, and at the right time and in the right way. But don't be, don't be scared. Don't be scared to put, put rules in place. Now, our children prefer and feel safer knowing where they stand. Um, so if we can just let them know, that's how those transitions just go better. That's, that's how I feel about it. Um, hoping that's helped. Um, you know, hoping, hoping that's given you a, a good sort of idea. Um, let me know, get in touch. Let me know if, uh, if you've got a different, different approach. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. But you can always reach out to us, um, social media, um, sort of, uh, Facebook and Instagram are adoption.adventures. Twitter is adoptionadvent1. Um, or you can reach out via email, adoptionadventures123 at gmail.com. But until then, I shall say a fond farewell. And I look forward to speaking to you next week.